All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Shakespeare and Beer. On this episode, it's one of our uh, creative series. Uh, we brought out a boudoir photographer, a very successful individual that uh, has been doing this for quite a long time. Uh, started photography when he was very young, um, you know, did mostly landscape and was trying to figure out what he wants to do. Uh, jumped courses through a lot of different genres of photography um, until he found what he actually really enjoyed to do, uh, which is boudoir photography. Uh, and he's very good at it. Um, he has a lot of good insight on business, posing, uh, how to, you know, operate as a business, how to, um, you know, just, just be successful uh, within that realm of photography. Um, you know, I won't get into much detail on the podcast because we definitely covered a lot of stuff. This is the first uh, ever episode that was done via FaceTime uh, simply because of, you know, the weird times we're currently living in, but it still came out great. A um, lot of good information. Um, he def he definitely went deep into detail uh, on, you know, how to be successful, how to make money, how to create your own business and make a living out of it. And along with that um, gives you over a million, I would say, things of uh, free video tutorials um, that I'll definitely give you guys the information on where you can learn how to pose, how to, you know, do stuff like that. Um, also, his courses that you can purchase that deep dives into the business portion of it where you can actually really get full detail on, you know, how to operate a business doing this. So, um, you know, without further ado, I'll go ahead and shout out a little bit of his pages of where you can find information. Um, his Instagram is at Sasser Stills Boudoir. That's S A S S E R and then S T I L L S and then Boudoir, B U D O I R. Um, and that's where you can find his Instagram, see his work. There's a link to his link tree where you could find all his courses, YouTube channels, um, you know, website, everything that you need to find. But uh, if you don't see the link tree, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Michael Sasser, S-A-S-S-E-R. There's over 75 free videos on there for you that, um, you know, give you uh, tips on posing, editing, and business. You could also join him on his Facebook group where you can critique photos and kind of just have a conversation, ask questions, just chat with the group. I'm spending a lot of time right now because, you know, we're all quarantined, but it's facebook.com slash groups slash Sasser Education. Um, you could go there to join his Facebook group and just get a lot of insight there. You could also purchase some of his, uh, you know, deep dive into business courses um, on Boudoir, which is boudoircourses.com. Uh, also, again, you could find that link on his link tree on his Instagram. That's the easiest way for you to find all of this information. Uh, but uh, you guys definitely enjoy the episode. You know, um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to him. Very good, uh, you know, good, very good at responding, very good, uh, at, you know, providing the details. But you guys are going to learn a lot from this episode, and I'm excited. So, you know, thanks again for tuning in. All right, perfect. So, we're here on another episode of Shakespeare and Beer uh, with Michael. Michael, what's your last name? Sasser, Michael Sasser. Sasser, perfect. All right, and you are a boudoir. Boudoir? How do you pronounce it? Boudoir? Uh, so it's pronounced boudoir. Boudoir. Um, 
yeah pretty pretty simple but if you haven't if you haven't heard it before you sort of look at the words it's kind of weird because it's a french word <laughs> that's right yeah um pretty interesting there's a lot of uh there's there's a lot of people that dabble into it um not a lot of people um you know making you know a good living off of it or actually make it a career so that's kind of the reason why you're kind of on the episode today um you got a lot of insight a lot of information with regards to running a business out of it um you know, and, and tips for people to use that can definitely benefit them. So, uh, but before we actually get into all those uh, really cool details on how to run a business as a photographer, um, I, I want to give the listeners a little bit of background of uh, you know, of Michael here. So, um, you know, did you grow up here in Los Angeles? You're in Los Angeles, correct? Yeah, I'm in LA. Okay. Uh, yeah, basically, like a little background is I grew up in Texas in in Galveston, little small. Uh, kind of island right off the coast and um, I wanted to do like some graphic design stuff but I wasn't very good at it I went to school at University of Denver and uh, you know that was that was good stuff I enjoyed it out there I went skiing a whole bunch and then I found photography when I did my study abroad in Australia Ooh, so I went out there cool. and uh, yeah I took a camera it was my first camera uh, dad got one for me and I wasn't really even planning on using it but um, you know, it's really pretty out there. So I took a bunch of pictures and started to see that maybe this is something I want to, I want to get better at and learn more about. So that was, uh, that was like 14 years ago. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So then I just kind of kept going and found one form of photography to the next. What, what did you, uh, what did you start shooting in the beginning? Uh, so when I, I was still a hobbyist, it was all basically uh, like landscapes, flowers, sunsets, stuff like that. I didn't really understand why like photographs of people were popular. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't connect to it at all. And then when I got back to the States, I started taking pictures of the family and then some friends. And then I started to see, you know, what was, what was special about it. So I kind of stuck with that. I got my first job doing customer service for a children's sports photography company. Mm. They would like take pictures of little Johnny swinging his baseball bat and then sell them back to their parents. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years until I realized I, I mean, I was 21 at the time, 21, 22, but I just, I just realized I was making like 150 bucks a day and it was mostly in the summer on the weekends. It just wasn't going to be enough money for me as I, you know, as I got older, right. 150 bucks a day, you know, 200 bucks a day is awesome if you're 21 and yeah. a little expensive. <laughs> But, you know, if I wanted to buy the gear I wanted to buy and I wanted to have more time, I realized I needed to start shooting on my own. So I started right. shooting portraits, high school seniors, uh, headshots for like the theater, uh, you know, school at Denver. And then that moved into shooting weddings. And then that moved into shooting video, uh, learning to shoot video. And that's helped me make my YouTube channel. And then uh, that moved to boudoir which is what i exclusively shoot now i've been doing that for about four years that's cool yeah i saw um on on the video that i actually saw um of you is it, you, you were talking about how you were doing um and, and you know i think this happens with a lot of photographers um they when they start shooting they're kind of just trying to figure out what they actually like or what they would want to do um you know either for a living or, or whatnot because you obviously want to enjoy what you do you don't want to make it seem like it's too too much work or like you're annoyed of it and i saw that um you were shooting uh weddings and and weddings was a little more as like work you really i mean 
I always give props to anybody who does uh, wedding photography because it seems like a lot of work. And, uh, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of like what made you transition. Yeah, well, it wasn't so much that it was just a lot of work. It was just I kind of got out of touch with it, you know, like yeah. um, I just found myself. It just felt like Groundhog Day. It was it was uh, I, I just was no longer invested in the couples or them having their beautiful pictures. It was just sort of like just get the pictures that mattered and get out of there. And I looked at my some of my friends that were still shooting weddings and they were like, I had the best wedding yesterday and the couple was so cool. We had so much fun. I can't wait to show the pictures. And I just wasn't feeling any of that. And I could start to see it in the quality of my work. And uh, that mixed in with all the other things that I didn't love, like, you know, needing to take group pictures and driving a long way to go get to the weddings. And um, I just wasn't as invested in, in taking pictures of the details of the garter belts and the, and the uh, wedding invitations, just all that stuff. I just, you know, I just could tell my heart wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. And so better for me, better for the clients if they had somebody who, who was really into it, which was great because that's kind of when I started to become attached to uh, what was so special about boudoir and then just like really pursuing that uh, 100%. And walk me a little bit through through that transition and how you went from like shooting wedding. Um, you know, what was your first uh, boudoir shoot like? And, you know, how, how did you start developing like the knowledge of like, you know, because positioning, um, you know, their their uh, their poses and stuff like those are all very difficult, like especially hands, um, you know, body and stuff like that. It's 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 a it's it's an art in itself. Um, yeah, so how did so you kind of learn all that? So that's, you know, a lot of it's trial and error, but the, you know, let's see, my first couple of boudoir shoots were, you know, they were bad. I just, uh, I, I found some girls to shoot. Uh, I shot them just in my house. I used a light and, uh, they, you know, they, they look, they look bad. It's what first pictures look like. But, uh, and at that point it was just about taking pictures of pretty girls and, um, and sort of learning, you know, I was like, I don't know how to pose a bride in a big dress. Like maybe if I get myself outside of that um, sort of space, I'll be able to I'll be able to learn more about posing and trying some different things. And so it was all experimental at first, until um, I had a couple uh, friends of friends ask me to do their pictures, and you know, again, they not great, but I earned a little bit of money, two hundred bucks here. One of them I I charged four hundred bucks, which was really cool. And uh, those were my first two paid boudoir shoots, and then. When I decided I wanted to get real serious about it, um, there was like a practice workshop that was held. It was like, uh, we're going to take this workshop on the road, but first we need some feedback. So I went to that and I learned, it was two days and I learned a ton. And I was like, I think I could make this a business and I'm not shooting in the winter time. So let me, let me actually put together a website and everything. So I set up a bunch of shoots and the way that I learned was uh, a lot through Pinterest. I created a Pinterest board. This is before like Facebook groups were really, maybe even before Facebook groups were a thing. I'd had to, there had to have been Facebook groups, but there wasn't as much like photography boudoir Facebook groups where you right. could like go into and get information and learn. And so I just bunch of Pinterest photos and I would hold, you know, I'd hold my phone up and I'd be like, okay, now move your left arm to the left and now <laughs> point your right toe you know, and that's kind of how I how I started to learn posing until I stopped needing my phone because I kind of learned some of the things that I wanted to try. And I was no longer creating other people's work. I was more just 
remembering what I liked and kind of putting that into practice. So that's, that's kind of how everything got started. Yeah. I think it's kind of important too, when, um, you know, one of the ways that I've always learned, um, everything that I do and I'm, I, I mean, like most photographers, I'm self-taught, um, I, you know, YouTube university, just sitting there learning stuff, watching videos and just kind of, um, learning things on my own. Um, yeah, yeah. one of the most important things to do is always to just, um, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but looking at the actual picture and just liking certain things of either a pose or a frame or, or anything and, and just kind of, of remembering that and like, Hey, that looks good in that angle. So I'm going to, you know, kind of like a little checklist of kind of things that look good and, and, you know, kind of add that and expand it as you get more experience. And, you know, a lot of people get discouraged when uh, they take photos and they don't come out as good. And, and they're just like, uh, like, I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm going to give up. And, and, you know, a lot, a lot of the times the failures that you, that you do like the, the failed shoots are, are what you can learn from the most. Cause you can see the errors and then just kind of avoid that the next time. Right. Yeah. Essentially uh, the goal is just to take something that you like and discard what you don't like um, right. you know, from every picture. And you start to take, wow, I really like how this person uses light, but they're posing. I don't agree with it all, but I love this person's posing, but the light doesn't really work. So you kind of pull in a little bit from both. And yeah, I think a lot of people want their pictures to be perfect before they take them. Somebody just messaged me yesterday and said, hey, I'm just about to do my first photo shoot. Any tips? And I say, you know what? Your first photo shoot is just about doing it. It's yeah. just about having the experience because you, it's not going to be your only photo shoot. You're going to do a ton more. Imagine somebody saying like, hey, I want to make sure the first time that I ride my bike, it's perfect. It's like, that's not the point at all. The point is just to get on the bike. right? And then you're going to get better as you go. Uh, it's like that with, uh, with a lot of things, any tips for playing piano for the first time, just put your fingers on the keys and then, you know, you'll get better as time goes on. So I think that's the biggest thing to remember, you know, when people are just first starting is that that first photo shoot isn't supposed to be special. It's not supposed to be, I mean, not that it's not special, your first, especially boudoir shoot, it's outside of a lot of people's comfort zones, it's outside right. of a lot of photographers comfort zones. So it should be, uh, you know, fun for you. Uh, but that's mostly the point is just to have a fun experience, test some things out, see what you liked about it, and then go back and worry about improving your pictures. But right. at first, just, you know, just make it happen. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and what about walk me a little through your experience in, in uh, you know, communication with your models. I know a lot of I mean, from what I see, a lot of the models that you shoot are not like your experienced models that have 10, 15 years of experience that kind of naturally, you know, pose their body or, or, you know, know how to move or how to, you know, position themselves. Um, and going from, especially when you're first starting to get into photography, it's, uh, you know, even through my experiences, just shooting portraits, you, you find that trying to communicate a pose like you you have that image in your head on what you want it to look like but it's a little difficult to communicate that for them to understand and implement it on that shoot so what what how did that work for you yeah well the first thing that i want to do is sort of define boudoir um because i think that'll help explain basically what you said about models not models not experienced and this is something that you know boudoir is a very misunderstood niche depending on where you're coming from, depending on what culture, you know, what you know about photography. So uh, a lot of people see pictures of like pretty girls in underwear and they're like, oh, that's a model. And so boudoir uh, is not the photography of models. It is the photography of everyday women who um, 
you know, that's outside of their comfort zone. They've typically never done anything like this. I have some repeat clients who come back, but my typical client is like, a, she's in her thirties. She's likely either had some kids or she's planning to have some kids. So she wants to document her body before that happens or after she's had kids, maybe she's feeling like, um, you know, she's sort of lost touch with that, like femininity and that uh, desire that she has. Now she's a mom. so She doesn't get dressed up and go out. Um, sometimes I'll have clients who uh, have been divorced and now they're trying to find, uh, you know, feel desirable again after, after maybe feeling like their marriage didn't work because they weren't good enough, things like that. So that's really what boudoir is. And, and then, you know, the pictures being vulnerable, sexy, intimate pictures is a way to um, sort of all, uh, first of all, sort of allow them to reclaim their identity as this, you know, um, powerful, uh, sexy or attractive or desirable person that maybe uh, has been difficult for them to see because society's got difficult standards on them. So, so boudoir right. is really like a photo therapy more so than it is like, let's take some pictures of some hot girls and like post them on Instagram for likes. Yeah. You can do that. And, and that's, I mean, more power to you, but if you're going to uh, be getting into boudoir, um, you're going to have to learn to photograph people who have never had their picture taken before right. because they have never had their picture taken before. So um, my answer to that is, uh, first of all, is you're going to have to do a lot of photo shoots. If you want to learn how to pose somebody the way you want to pose them, you're going to have to do a lot of photo shoots. The next thing you're going to want to do is uh, practice getting into the poses. So when you explain something, it can be difficult to say, I want your shoulders slightly turned this way and your lower back arched, and then take your uh, head tilt and just tilt it a little bit to the right. You're going to have to say, like, look at my head and then just go like this. You're going to have to say, face me completely, and then I'm going to turn this way a little bit and follow me just like that. Uh, your hands, go ahead and grab your shirt with both your hands. Yep, and then take your thumbs and kind of pull them in a little bit closer. You're going to have to say those kind of things and show them because they literally don't know what they're doing. Um, in fact, they may be trying to replicate something that they saw in a fashion magazine that doesn't actually look good. So right. sometimes it's about telling them what not to do. But essentially, uh, some good ways to do, you know, some research, YouTube. You know, I've got some posing videos on YouTube. I've got some posing information on uh, in my courses. Uh, you can do, do the Pinterest route uh, where you go that way. You can join some uh, Facebook groups. Uh, I do live critiques in my Facebook group so you can send in pictures and I'll give you tips on, on what to change in the poses and things like that. So there's a ton, there's a ton that you can do, but essentially you're probably going to have to show them, uh, number one, you're going to have to show them what, what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, the stuff that you do, um, it, it looks great. I mean, I was looking through your page and, you know, um, it looks like you, you really have the experience to be able to use somebody who doesn't models, never done it before, um, and be able to take those kind of shots and, and, you know, and, you know, execute it. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's an art in itself, but, um, it's also, uh, it's also, you know, big tip that I, usually give people and, and you know i'm sure you do as well it's, it's it's one thing to you know the videos that you create and youtube channels you get all this information but that information will never be good if you don't implement it if you don't go out and try it as much as possible um like you said you just got to get your feet wet and you just got to jump in and do it and fail um and learn from your mistakes and then just kind of continue from there isn't that right absolutely so that's uh that's the big thing actually that's what my 
what my Facebook group is all based around is about taking action because um, inspiration uh, is so funny. Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he's, you know, he's had a roller coaster of, uh, uh, of the information that he puts out, but he had a, had a section where he was like, I hate being motivational Gary because nobody ever takes action with the motivation. I give them They feel really good for a day. And then the next day, they, you know, nothing really ends up happening from yeah. results and they lose their motivation and then uh, nothing happens. And so that's right. Uh, you can watch all the videos you want and you can type in, um, you know, hey, I think what you need to do is use your light differently. But if you've never done it yourself, you, you probably don't actually know. And uh, there's another good video out there. Um, the YouTube channel Smarter Every Day. I don't know if you've seen it, but he has a uh, he has a video about. Uh, his bicycle, you know, you turn left, you go left, you turn right, you go right on a bicycle. That's how it works. But he set up a bike where you turn right and then the wheel goes oh, left. Man. You turn left and the wheel goes right. So if you were to say that, like, yes, I understand how that works. Um, or I know, I know how that works. You get on that bicycle. It took him eight months <laughs> to be able to ride that bicycle. And his point is that knowledge is not understanding. Right. You can you can read something, you can write something, you can uh, you can watch a video that explains something, but until you do it, you don't actually understand. And not only that, there's no there's no record of it. So for the person who watches a video and then takes five photo shoots of like pretty average, below average pictures, they have photos to share. They they're already improving. Whereas the person who says um, oh, I watch a ton of videos and I know that those photos are bad. I can look at those photos and say, those photos aren't as good as the photos that I've seen. Like, sure, but you haven't created anything yet and you're no closer to becoming a better photographer right. than the person that's actually doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one, one thing that, uh, talking about Gary, he's, he's big on, on kind of like what you're doing, you're, you know, creating the content, creating knowledge. I mean, you put out free videos, you have your YouTube channel. Um, you know, you have things that have information that you're providing to photographers that they can pretty much just, you know, watch as many times as they want. You're, you're not earning anything from it, you know, yourself directly. Um, but again, that stuff, uh, it, it's good information, but it's going to go nowhere if you're not implementing it. And I, I mean, at least to, to your case, you're, you're creating, um, that's one thing I saw from Gary as well, that you put out that content out there, people are going to see it there, you know, your own exposure is being put out there and you're, you're giving out free stuff. So people are more like, Oh, cool. Like this guy's learning it, you know? So I mean, I'm like that myself. I have people, you know, I'll post up pictures. Um, most of the pictures that I put up, I always put camera settings. Um, you know, camera settings are great. I get people ask me camera settings all the time and, and it's like, that's not, I mean, you're outdoors that can change, you know, within 10 minutes, you know, light can change in 10 minutes and you're going to have a complete different type of settings on your camera. Um, which I always, I'm always like, Hey, you know, this is what you do. This is, these are tips. I'll send links. A lot of my followers I've sent links to on how to learn or, or buy certain things. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you got to implement it to really know how to do it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then how did you, uh, the, the most, I think the, the, the photography side of things, it's, it's, uh, you know, you can learn uh, like me, I'm sure you, everybody else who does photography, they've picked up a camera little by little, learned all the, the, the little tr tips and tricks on how to create a shot. Right. Um, I think the, the hardest part 
of photography is the business side of it. Um, most people can pick up a camera and learn it, like I said, but most people can't just learn business from one day to another. Uh, it, it's, it's very difficult to learn how to price. Uh, it's very difficult to learn how, um, you know, how to just put everything together, how to really value your work and then present it to a customer and, you know, make money off of it. That's the hardest part of photography, I think. Um, cause you can learn all the other stuff and, and just kind of learn from experience, but you can sit there and charge your customers, you know, a hundred, two hundred $200 per shoot, $300 per shoot for the, for your whole life. And you're just not going to really understand, you know, how to you know, really charge or break down the pricing of each item to be able to make a living off of it. And I think you've put out enough content. I mean, I watched a, a what was it like? I think it was like a 15 minute video where you kind of broke that down. And, and I thought it was so simple, like the way you just kind of break it down. It, it seems like a simple process, but the information is kind of hard because everybody has their own opinion on how to price and how to, you know, really make money off of it. So the business side of things is really, you know, for most people, what holds them back is the mental. It's believing that they are worthy of charging a couple thousand dollars for their photo shoots. You know, oftentimes it's, you know, I can't find anybody who's willing to spend more than a hundred dollars is really not, is really not. Sometimes that is true, but typically it means you're, you're not doing things correctly. Um, And also it means that, you know, you probably may not value yourself to charge to get away from those clients that think a hundred dollars is too much mm-hmm. to start to start finding clients that will be grateful to spend a thousand dollars. I remember, um, I, you know, I've been told before, uh, from some clients, like you're not charging enough money. And to me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm already uncomfortable charging how much right, I am. Right. And so, uh, so that's the first thing that I would say is that uh, most of the time, that discussion of somebody sticking at a hundred to three hundred dollars their whole photography life is not is not based around knowledge. It's based around a mental block in their head that says, "I'm taking advantage of people if I charge more than this." So that's the uh, so that's probably the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I might disagree with you that um, that learning to take images is the easy part. Learning to do the business is the hard part because to me, like you can follow what somebody else has done, it might be difficult to understand. um, Okay. I don't know how to use light. Some people have a really hard time just seeing light, you know, right now, the way that I've got this camera set up, I bought this little, little bitty um, led panel. That's right here. I've got my little accent lights in the background. I just put up this curtain today. So it's not blocking, you know, it's not a bright space back there. Like for somebody to watch a video on light in general and then for them to sit down and put something like this together might be very, might be difficult for them. But if you say like, I don't know how to price myself, that's something like, for instance, in my photography course, we go over my exact pricing guide and you can just use that pricing guide. If you wanted to, you could make adjustments and tear it down. Uh, I show you, where do you buy albums? I don't know where to buy albums. I show you where I buy albums from. If you're not sure what to respond in an email to a client who inquires, I've got email templates. So things like that, you know, if you find somebody that you, that you believe um, wants to run their business the same way that uh, you want to run your business, then it can be very easy to just implement the things that they've done right into your business. 
Um, Things that are more difficult are like writing your about me page. How do you explain why you do what you do? Some people are not very good writers. Things like that are really difficult. But pricing is something that's, it's, there's not, um, to get like really sophisticated in pricing, like, yes, it can go really deep and get really complicated and the mental and the psychology behind it. But to go from a hundred bucks to six or $700 is like, it's not that hard. And most people who are comfortable spending $200 are also comfortable spending $600. You just have to convey the value to them more properly. Same as like the some, some people who contact me and they say, wow, it's okay. So a, a photo shoot is $500. And then as an album starts at $1,000, so it's $1,500 pretty much to shoot with me. So sometimes I'll get somebody that'll say, wow, that sounds like a lot. Um, do you do payment plans? Is that something that I can do? And I might have to really keep it to those 10 images. Then they'll come in and they'll spend three or $4,000. <laughs> so sometimes people really will, you know, once they have the experience, they'll be willing to spend more money because they get so much more value from it actually having the experience. But you do have to set up your pricing in a way that allows that allows for that. The way that I put it, the way that I heard it, was it's not a high pressure sales scenario. You're just giving them the ability to spend spend money with you. You're giving them the ability to purchase the things that they want. So instead of saying, you know, having it be hard sales, like if you walk out this door, I'm deleting your pictures. And, <laughs> oh, you thought it was going to be $500. Surprise, it's 1000 You know, I don't do anything like that. I let them know up front, this is what to expect. And if they willingly, you know, decide to hire me, then, um, then they also have the option of spending much more than that. And typically, you know, seeing a lot more pictures that really move them, that make a difference in their life is, you know, it's worth every penny. Right. No. Yeah. And, and I mean, one of the, the, the big things that I see in what you do is the value. There's a lot of value in, um, you know, like you said, you know, moms or people in their thirties that kind of lost their touch and, and feeling, you know, the way they did when they were younger, you're giving them value in, in a photo where they're like, wow, like this is, this is amazing. You know, this is, this is awesome. Um, so that, that gives you the opportunity to not, not like you said, you pressure them to a sale, but they, they see it and they, they're more in, they're pushed towards like wanting to purchase it. They're like, Oh yeah, I like this stuff. So this is how I might explain it for anybody who's ever been to a Cirque du Soleil show. They're, they're not inexpensive. I mean, it's $80 for a ticket in the back. If you want some decent seats, you're looking at 120 bucks a seat, $150 a seat. I love, I love them. And yeah. every time I go to purchase one of their tickets, um, I'm like, man, this is just so expensive for, for a show, you know? And I, and I buy the ticket and then I show up and at the end of intermission, every single one, I've always said, man, I would have paid twice as much, for this. <laughs> you know, because it is just so incredible and, and they work so hard to make it that incredible. So that's what you want is for when your clients to have an experience for you, for them to say like, wow, this was, um, this was worth every penny, you know, maybe, maybe even more. Um, instead of saying like, I felt swindled or I felt, you know, cheapened or something. Um, I felt like I was taken advantage of. So that's definitely the, uh, that's definitely the goal. And boudoir is especially, you know, it's especially an emotional and, um, 
heavy thing because of because of what we're talking about like i said kind of phototherapy which i don't think you get as much with weddings Mm -hmm. i don't think you get as much with uh you know you can kind of get it with you don't even really get it with baby pictures i mean people love buying pictures of their kids and if you take cute pictures of their kids like they're gonna buy them um that's sort of like i can't believe this is this is my kid i think high school senior portraits kind of have that like they're growing up you know, and uh, it's crazy to see them as adults now. Like they're changed. There's a time in their life they're changing. It's a representation of somebody, somebody that they've grown into. I was talking with um, just I did a, a Instagram live with my friend Kara Marie. She's another yeah. boudoir photographer, and she mentioned something about um, if somebody says um, you're too expensive, really what they mean is they don't see the value. So don't lower your prices, increase your value. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, once you see a value in, in that, that analogy of the Cirque du Soleil is, is on point because I'd never been to one and I went to one and it was I was just like, oh, these tickets are so expensive. But when I walked out of that place, I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> that was the, like one of the best shows I've seen. It was hands down yes. great. So the like you said, the value is, is very important. Um, when you can deliver value that you know, maybe somebody else can't, um, people will definitely spend the money. So that's, that's a, that's a great tip. Um, move, um, one thing as well that, that I learned and, and, you know, you just mentioned it earlier too, is, is, uh, tiering your pricing. Um, always have breaking it down to, to, you know, be able to add on additional, you know, expenses for your clients and they can pick and choose where they, they spend on, um, and that kind of increases the of the revenue that you could make off of each shoot because um, you know when I think everybody that does photography will jump in and they'll be like, okay, this person wants a shoot, um, I'll charge you two hundred, three hundred, or I'll charge you five hundred dollars. It's a set price, and that's you're just like literally capped at that. And you'll never make anything more. So I learned that as well myself when I first started. I, I you know I was just charging a set price. And, um, you know, one thing that helped me is I started using an invoicing service and just kind of like adding products and stuff like that. And that helped me break down like what I can charge. And then it also gives you like, like you said, tiering and different stuff that you know, other clients can purchase as well. So, yeah, definitely. So essentially, uh, so the basic structure for any kind of portrait, something is you want to have the shoot fee, one cost and the products, a separate cost. Because if you do it all in one, if you say it's $400 for the shoot and that includes all the pictures, there's no reason for them to spend any more money. Right. So, uh, and also it's important to break it down per hour. So um, I did a shoot in Hawaii recently. Um, This girl messaged me on Instagram. I never book on Instagram. Typically people don't have the money to spend um, if they contact me there. Um, It's different for everybody. I know some people who book on Instagram, thousands of dollars clients, but for me, it just hasn't been the case. And so she, she reached out, um, you know, what are you looking to get these pictures done for just for some promotion? Um, great. I said, it's gonna be 500 bucks. It'll be an hour shoot and you'll receive all the pictures. So we shot for an hour and then I edited, I can edit the pictures relatively quickly. I've learned how, uh, so I edited the pictures, uh, in an hour and I just sent her the photos. Uh, so I, I made $250 an hour for that particular shoot, which is amazing money. Yeah. If you can do three, four five of those a day, like that's, that's incredible. That's amazing money. Um, and more power to you. Um, if we split it up and we do, uh, it's obviously that's much cheaper than I would normally do $500 for the photo shoot. And then you purchase the picture separately. 
But that process takes me uh, time to do hair and makeup. I pay my hair and makeup artist. We're going to try and sell an album. There's a, a, it's an hour and a half photo shoot. Um, I'm still editing for an hour, but then we have an hour sales session where we sit together and we go over the pictures and she chooses. Then I've got cost of ordering the album, all of these different things. So it's more time for more money. Right. Um, but if you can do that and you have on the low end, it's $1,500. I do. It's like seven hours for me to go from start to finish for a whole client experience. So at $1,500, uh, 700 bucks or sorry, $1,500 for seven hours. That's still about 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. minus album cost and uh and hair and makeup so i'm making actually a little bit less if they buy my bottom one right but if they decide they want my middle or higher tier packages and they end up spending three or four thousand now i'm now thirty five hundred divided by seven is actually ends up being five hundred dollars an hour so think about it in terms of per hour don't don't be discouraged by this idea of mini shoots or or doing shoot and burn if you're charging appropriately but what most people end up doing is they'll do that for $200 and then they spend eight hours editing all of the pictures. <laughs> they spend two hours shooting. So they did 10, uh, you know, they did 10 hours for uh, $200 an hour. They only make 20 bucks an hour, which is just, it's just not enough. I think as a no. photographer, a sustainable business, if you want to be getting better gear and renting out studios and things like that. So that's essentially how it works. Separate shoot fee from, um, uh, your album fee. And then you just have the least amount that you're willing to, to shoot for. If that's 200 bucks or 300 bucks, then make that the lowest and then have a middle package that comes with a lot more. That's exciting. And then have the top package that includes everything. Right. That's kind of how ever, you know, if you look at Apple and how they price their, uh, their computers, you got the base one that comes with like eight gigs of Ram and the base processor. And it's like, sure, this will work. But if you're doing photo work, you need this one. But if you're doing video, work you need this one so then it's got their different tiers if you go to mcdonald's there's small mediums and larges the next thing is that uh within within how pricing typically works people don't want to be the cheapest they also rarely want to spend the most money possible because you know they want to find themselves somewhere in the middle so that's what your goal should be have your middle collection look really good um if some you know if four clients in a row buy your top collection you price, you know, you move your pricing down. So if your top collection is a thousand dollars, now your middle collection is a thousand dollars, and your top one is fifteen hundred. So uh, that's kind of like a basic, basic pricing for portraits. Yeah, that's great. It's it's great, and I think uh, I think maybe um, you know, as I mentioned, it probably I mentioned it was the hard part of uh, the business is the hard part of it. But I think uh, I think what I meant by that is is the mental breakdown of it, like actually getting away from that set pricing and like really understanding how you can charge it is like the difficult part. But once you uh, just like everything else, once you do it, it's it's um you know pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, at first, just the same with pictures. You're copying somebody else's pictures. Yeah. You start your business, you know, you'll probably copy somebody else's pricing guide or copy else somebody else's emails. And then you'll read it back and you'll say, actually, this doesn't really sound like my voice. And so you'll make some changes and it'll kind of continue to grow. So right. it, it will continue to uh, to change and grow as you grow. But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something, like you said, you just got to get started. Right. And uh, Michael, what, what, uh, what kind of tips or, uh, you know, would you give somebody, you know, your, your niche is, uh, you know, people that are not models, people that are not experienced in doing so. Um, so it, you know, it could be, 
I, I mean, just just thinking about it, I can think that the, these customers may, you know, any any portrait photographer on Instagram um, that poses models, uh, lingerie, bikinis, and stuff like that, those girls are comfortable doing that. What uh, what 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 do you do um, on your end to make you know these people that have never modeled, um, you know, comfortable? Uh, I think that is also a challenge. I would think. Yeah, I think the the first thing to note is that. Um, when somebody hires you, they're, they're sort of walking in with their eyes open. So I think a lot of people kind of imagine uh, the scenario that's like, oh, this person's probably never gotten their picture taken before like this. They're probably expecting to be shooting with their shirt on the whole time. How am I going to get them comfortable to, to shoot in their underwear? And the thing is, if they sign up to shoot boudoir with you, they're already planning on shooting in their underwear. Right. It's like, I think that part is that's initially kind of more overwhelming. It's just like it's it's going to happen. It's expected. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, the comfort. A lot of times starts before the first picture is even taken. So in your phone call with them, uh, in your client testimonials on your website, in your email communications, in your during hair and makeup, all of these things uh, add to the comfort of the client before that first picture is even taken. Before they get into that first outfit. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, it's important to treat it as if it's no different than any other photo shoot, which sounds counterintuitive, but the weirder you make it, the more of a big deal that you make it, the more of a big deal it'll be for them. Uh, it would be like the scenario if a guy were to ask a girl and he went up to her and he was like, hey, I just want you to know I'm not a creepy dude. I'm definitely not <laughs> going to try and take advantage of you. I'm a good guy. And um, I've only had good experiences with relationships in the past. She'd be like, why is this person trying so hard right. to tell me that they're not creepy? <laughs> now I'm creeped out, Yeah, you know? So to treat it as though this is very normal, uh, here we are. We're going to start doing some pictures. I think uh, uh, these pictures look great. Do you want to do a couple, um, you know, where your shirt's a little bit more unbuttoned? I think that would look really great. Are you comfortable with that? And they say, uh, yeah, that sounds great, or no, or whatever it is that they'll say. Right. But you just treat it as if you're asking them literally anything else. So I'll go up and uh, like fix tags sometimes on the back of their uh, bras. I'll say, you've got a tag up. Can I fix that? Um, yeah, sure, they'll say. And then I'll just go up and I'll fix it. The way that I put it is like I'm picking up a piece of trash on the ground. Right. Like it's nothing. And so that's really uh, the way to do it. It's just to treat it as though um, you've done this before. And it's a normal experience because what will happen is by the end of the photo shoot, typically they're like, you just have a conversation with them while they're just standing there in their underwear. And it's not, they don't feel like they have to cover up because you've created a safe space for them to just trust you that they can have a conversation. Like I definitely recommend a lot of eye contact, <laughs> you know, um, you know, at least on the, on the guy's side, a lot of eye contact use terms that are not uh, objectifying, you know, if you instead of saying like stick your butt up, you say like um, like lift up your hips or uh, if you want to say, um, you know, instead of point your boobs in that direction, you just say turn your shoulders. So you just learn a couple different couple different words to use. But as far as the comfort goes, yeah, just treat it, treat it super normal. If they look really nervous, um, have a conversation with them about something not related to the photo shoot. I'll ask them um, what they did that weekend or what else they have planned coming up. And it's like what dentists do, right? They're like, <laughs> Hey, how was your weekend? And then they go to drill into your mouth. Um, 
is pretty much what it is. But the last thing that I want to say on that topic was um, on uh, convert. Oh, if you get a good picture of them, show them on the back of the camera. Because a lot of the times what they're nervous about is not so much like being comfortable with another person. It's they're nervous that these pictures are going to be bad. And if the pictures are bad, then they hired this photographer and then not even that could get a good picture of them. So if right. you can show them a photo of themselves and give them a little bit of boost of confidence, it'll really help uh, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the experience. Got it. That's great. And uh, I mean, I see that um, some of your videos and stuff that you you have a, a hair and makeup artist that you work with. And how do you, how do you, I, I've noticed at least from the portraits, I, I've never done boudoir or anything like that, but, um, you know, portraits that I've taken, I usually don't like when, uh, there's too much makeup. Um, what do you, what do you, I mean, what's your preference on that? And how, how do you, how do you, uh, choose the makeup artist or how do you communicate that with them? Or what are your tips on that? Yeah. So makeup is definitely like one of those things that I know nothing about. Right. Um, that said, uh, I've learned to be able to tell like good makeup and bad makeup just looking at it. I couldn't say, hey, could you do a little more eyeshadow or looks like the contour is a little off. I can just say I can tell that that's, that that's not you know, what right. I'm looking for. And so uh, I, I've had a handful of different makeup artists come out. And I, you know, three things are important to me. You're poignant. You're easy to communicate with. You schedule well. You're not like messaging me. Hey, wait, I forgot. What are, what are the dates this month? You know, you got to be reliable. Right. Second thing that's important to me is that they're good at their job. And then the third thing that's important to me is that they are good at connecting with the clients because the clients are going to be nervous when they sit down. They've got to, they got to be able to have conversations with them. Right. So um, everybody wants the same makeup. Almost everybody wants exactly the same makeup, which is I want to still look like myself, but I want it to look good. And so they're like, I want it to look like I'm wearing makeup, but I don't want it so much so that you can't recognize me. Everybody says the exact same thing. It's hilarious. And they think <laughs> they're the first one saying it. My makeup artists, they just ask them, what do you typically wear? What is your, uh, what products do you like to use? What outfits did you bring? And then they go ahead and make it happen. And from there, they can go ahead and, you know, if they want to add more or take some off, like the makeup artists can do that. Right. But I pretty much leave that up to them, and I tell everybody um, it'll be a little bit more than you're used to because you're doing something that's not that you're not used to doing. And then also because you know the photographs are not going to be from six inches away from your face, we usually add a little bit more makeup than you're used to because when you're far away and you're doing these portraits, it it shows up really well on the camera. Mm, okay, perfect. Hey, those are those are really great tips. Uh, you, you know, it's. Uh, I I think uh, I, I see a lot of people um, doing portraits or, or similar or boudoir uh, shoots, but they're not as um, organized or just kind of like, hey, let's let's shoot and do this type of stuff. But seeing your your work, um, you can see the amount of experience and knowledge um, that you put into it because it's your everyday person. Um, when you go out, you look at anybody that th those are the people that you're shooting. Do you typically shoot with lights or do you, or do you use natural light? I use all natural light. I, when I was looking for a place, um, to shoot, it was really important to me to find something like that. Most homes have decent enough, you know, they've got a window and they've got a time of day where the sun is coming in that window. So that's what I, sorry. <laughs> 
that's typically when I try and shoot. So I do everything natural light. I think it's more comfortable for the client uh, because, again, they're not used to shooting like this. So fiddling around with the settings on your camera, you know, paying attention to uh, your lights and your settings and taking a test shot and then checking it, all that stuff I think takes away from the client. So I think that's really important to me uh, to use natural light in that way. Um, and then also, honestly, I'm just better at it. Mm. Um, I think it looks more real. I think it looks more, it, it goes with the character of what I'm trying to create in my images. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, I think using lateral light looks so much, it looks natural. It looks, uh, I, I mean, I feel like it has a pop to it when that natural light hits rather than artificial light. Um, you know, it's, it's it definitely gives it a, a better look for, in my opinion. So Hey, Michael, that, that's uh, great, great stuff there. Last question. Um, you know, we're all quarantined because of this, uh, this whole pandemic. Um, what, what's keeping you busy right now? What is it that you're doing to kind of fill in the time since, you know, a lot of us can't really do a lot of work? Yeah, well, um, I've been, so that's a good question. I've been doing things like, you know, things like this. I did an Instagram live earlier. I started my Facebook group for boudoir photographers, for people interested in starting boudoir business. So I've been giving uh, that a ton of time and attention. Uh, and then I've been, you know, I've been prepping to record a new course. So I've been doing some things like, uh, there's a brand new camera. I got this yesterday. This is the EOS RP. Uh, that's going to be my dedicated yeah. uh, camera for shooting specifically up here in my, in my desk to be able to go over uh, live image critiques and to be going over pricing and sharing my computer screen and things like that. So I've been doing some things to set that up. Um, I've been playing guitar a little bit more often, which has been nice. Um, but I, I really recommend that um, it, it may feel like we're quarantined. We can't do that much work, but there is, I mean, I think, you know, I definitely know if you're an actual professional boudoir photographer or portrait photographer, wedding photographer, 90% of the work takes place outside of clicking the button. So this is the time if you're, you know, if you were thinking about starting a business or if you were thinking about uh, getting into shooting a certain genre, like now is the time to set up all of the other things. Now is the time to figure out emails that you're going to send to people. Now's the time to put together a website that just has a blank portfolio page that's ready to toss images in for when we can all start shooting again. Now is the time to start to learn and understand pricing so that when you're able to start shooting again, you can immediately start to earn more money. So uh, I have been using this time a lot to work on my, uh, you know, helping photographers in that way, help people get uh, ready. And then also for me, I have, you know, a certain amount of time that I spend towards uh, my actual clients. And I have a certain amount of time that I spend towards helping photographers. So that's the stuff I've been focused on right now is I've been working on prepping up a new, uh, you know, my next boudoir course. And so I'm like spending all that time outlining it and figuring out the ways that I can do it differently and helpful and, and things like that. So um, I think that, and also I've been watching just way too much Netflix, <laughs> way, way, way too much Netflix, which has been, you know, but uh, I try not to start that until eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Me and my wife would just sit down and just start watching full seasons of stuff. So I try to, 
try to stay away from that. And I, I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, there's no matter what you do, there's always something you can do. Like I myself have been printing a lot of like my landscape photos and framing them and doing stuff like that. Been focusing a lot more on the podcast, bringing, doing more episodes and recording more often. Um, just kind of bringing in like knowledge that you are able to provide over to, you know, people that want to listen to it. Other ways of being entertained rather than just sitting there watching Netflix. Cause it could be, I mean, that thing could kill weeks if you, if you leave it, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. There's enough on there for it for sure. <laughs> well, Michael, I really appreciate your time, um, you know, and sitting down with me and talking and, and providing your insight. Um, uh, last thing I do want to just let, give you a little bit of time to just kind of cover, you know, your, your Instagram, your, your Facebook page, whatever it is that you focus on to, uh, you know, that for anybody that wants to get into Badoir, um, you know, where they can find your information, where they can watch your YouTube channel, um, just stuff like that, plug that in. And I, I usually do an intro in the beginning of the episode, so I'll kind of cover that as well. So it's not just at the end. Beautiful. So, yeah. So if you guys want, uh, you know, let's talk about what your goals are. If you are curious about boudoir and you want to learn a little bit about, um, you know, some free tips here and there, just check out my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Michael Sasser. Um, and there are like 75 free tutorials on posing and editing and, um, and business and lighting and things like that. So that's definitely where you're going to want to go to get started. Um, when you kind of get a grasp of that, come over and hang out with me in, um, in my Facebook group, which is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Sasser Education. And like I said, we're doing live image critiques in there. We're going to be doing um, uh, business discussions. It's going to be very actionable. So it's definitely not a spot to just come and chill and just, you know, take a look at some pictures. Um, it's very much going to be, um, you know, we're going to be holding each other accountable. And then I'm posting on my Instagram, you know, Sasser Stills Boudoir. You can check that out there. And then lastly, if you decide that, you know, business is the route that you want to take, you want to, you want to start to think about earning some money with this. Um, my, my boudoir courses on uh, boudoircourses.com. The boudoir accelerator course is really that one to help you get started. Um, it's got a, a ton of information in there that's helping people that have never taken a boudoir picture before all the way up to people who are averaging a thousand dollars that want to average a little bit more. So those are pretty much the, uh, the spots to do it. Um, YouTube, ton of free stuff. Courses, uh, they're 30% off right now during the quarantine. Uh, the Facebook group for actionable, kind of holding each other accountable, getting stuff done. And then my Instagram is just, you know, just posting stuff. That's great. That's great. A lot of, uh, a lot of content. It's weird to say that many things. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe that, I, that I've hit that many platforms and have been sharing sharing all kinds of stuff but uh but it's just been the best thing that i've decided to do it's been great right that's great again michael i really appreciate you sitting down and talking to us and, and giving your insight and ex, uh, you know experience um and information that you know everybody can use um so I, again i appreciate that and thank you for being on the show thanks for having me man for sure um,